honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the Paladino Live Network. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Of course, Timberwolves Explosion also available on the Basketball Podcast Network. Always a pleasure to be on board there. The Minnesota Timberwolves played three games this past weekend, were meatloafed. They went one and two. It absolutely could have been better, especially the Washington Wizards game, but even the Memphis game was like almost no defense. It was ridiculous. I mean, (laughs) Memphis just kind of drove past the Wolves over and over and over again. It just felt like there was no resistance whatsoever. And in the fourth quarter, very similar with the Washington Wizards game. Um, Kyrie Irving went off. And there was highlight after highlight on both sides, but the great defensive stand kept the Wolves ahead when the when the clock hit zero. And the Wolves beat Dallas on the road in a very impressive game and uh, an impressive uh, introduction for uh, Kyrie Irving, particularly in the fourth quarter. He was incredible, and that's what brought the Mavericks back. The Wolves led most of the way in that one. Uh, as for games to preview, um, well, basically none. There's there's going to be there's basically no games to preview. We'll basically do that next week, <laughs> in a sense. So it's like review this week, preview next week. So I'm debating on maybe like a two segment show. Maybe I can just kind of have one uh, one, uh, one big segment here and then one um, conversation, basically uh, fan interaction, of course there, um, or just kind of looking around the league stuff like that. So I think I'm going to keep this to two segments. That's where I'm leaning towards. It'll be similar next week where it'll be previewing and post-All-Star and all that. But yes, Anthony Edwards did eventually make the All-Star team Yes, as a replacement. Kevin Garnett's All-Star career started that way as well as an injury replacement. I forgot who the injured player was in uh, in um, Garnett's case many years ago, but probably a very familiar name that I would remember. But obviously that was, you know, 20-some 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago already, which is really hard to believe. But, yep, Kevin Durant's on the Suns, this and that. He's one of the people that's out. So, or, you know, or at least he won't be there at the All-Star game. Curry's out, of course, and such. But having, um, yep, having Anthony Edwards make the All-Star team eventually is an awesome feeling. So we're all super happy about that. Otherwise, the Memphis game, not so happy. 128-107 loss. This was in Memphis with a baby blue look and everything. Obviously an ultra-talented team. John Morant up and down the floor over and over and over and over again. Very happy with himself as he continues to, you know, drive past the Wolves and dunk and all that. And, you know, with those give-and-go plays that the uh, Grizzlies like to do, the quick passing and all that. A very athletic, very young athletic team. Again, that's up and down the court. And it's a fun style of basketball. It's a pain in the ass to play against, which is, well, that's the whole... That's the idea, you know, <laughs> that's the idea, and, well, that's why they got 128 points in the game, as they exploited the Wolves, just kind of being a little slow time and time again defensively. Conley's first game with the Wolves, nothing special, nothing to write home about, and it's you know, ironic how he's playing the, against the team 
that he played with for several years was drafted by, again, him being Mike Conley, his debut with the Wolves. Nothing to write home about. Nine points, three assists, three turnovers, this and that. But still nice to see him in a Timberwolves jersey, an established player who's been around forever and ever and ever. And a guy I would have wanted in the draft way back in the day when he was drafted. Or some kind of trade for him, this and that. But Conley can clearly still play, which is a good thing. We just wish that it was the Conley way, way, way back it would have been super sweet uh, to have Conley, even just a couple of years ago, like three to five years ago, because when, when he was still in his prime, he was a hell of a player. So it's it's nice to have him, and you still you still see a lot of what he can do, and that's the good part. Uh, Josh Okogie's been getting lots of playing time with the Suns now that I am distracted seeing it on the screen. The Suns are going uh, early '90s look, which I like, not the black ones, but the bright, but the. Uh, the bold purple jerseys, which were really, actually really cool. That was when they went to the NBA Finals against the Bulls. Nice look, actually. Very nice look. You could argue the best look the Suns ever had. The, uh, yep, when Chuck first got there. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit distracted here. But this wasn't a fun game at all. Uh, again, Memphis up and down the court. Jalen Noel got hot driving to the basket. and hit a couple of threes and all that. 21 points off the bench. But Jalen Noel's been kind of an up-and-down player all season. His shooting percentage has not been good. In this game it was, though, 9 of 16. He actually had the second-most shot attempts in the game to Anthony Edwards. Jane McDaniels didn't shoot well, but again, he provides more than just offense. He's kind of like uh, like like the Garnett Light, I guess you could say, on the Wolves in terms of that defensive, that long, athletic, defensive player. That isn't necessarily the most offensive-minded guy, but on occasion he is. Nikhil Alexander-Walker got in there in the junk time, 139 minutes with a bunch of other guys. Luka Garza, Nathan Knight, Josh Minot, and Wendell Moore Jr. all got on the court, but none of them scored in the final 139, pardon me. So, obviously that was the garbage time, as they call it. As Memphis had built a big lead, and again, the Wolves' defense was pretty sucky down the stretch, and pretty much most of the way when, when the game mattered, giving up 128. And, and the way the Wolves gave it up is what's really frustrating just wasn't pretty at all so uh, just wasn't pretty at all Memphis remains first place in the Southwest Division the Wolves again only 107 points it's kind of like this team sometimes gets caught sleeping defensively and I know defense has been a factor forever for this club so it's just an ongoing conversation that we're going to keep having until things get better it's there's nothing worse than seeing John Moran just kind of fly to the basket and you know you know have his celebrations and all that and it, I don't know. It, it's it's a pain in the ass to deal with. Of course, well, seeing Steph Curry launching threes from God knows where and then doing wiggle worm or whatever the heck he used to do. So that was annoying as hell also. But unfortunately, that's sports these days. Every time somebody does anything, they got to make a scene and we're happy for them. There's only a couple of players left that are like, cool, I scored. Let's keep playing. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's only a couple of players left that are, that are like that these days, it seems like. Um... I don't know, just overall not a good night for the Wolves. Like, the offense really was kind of sputtering, kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of an awkward start, obviously. But that, that's how it is after a trade. It doesn't make an excuse, though, to play terrible defense. And the Wolves certainly did that in this one. I don't really have a whole lot to say. 128-107, let's just keep moving. This might end up being a shorter episode, and in fact, it probably will be. I mean, there's no games to preview, so it's that simple. And now, this will definitely be the feature presentation, no question about that. And now, our feature presentation. Timberwolves versus Mavericks. Sorry, I had to do my uh, NBA Jam <laughs> deal there. Yeah, Timberwolves versus Mavericks. Um, 
Yeah, this was good. And oftentimes when you play the Timberwolves, those would be the two teams. Whenever you'd be the Timberwolves on NBA Jam, it was, you know, the two worst teams in the Western Conference would play each other at the beginning and they get to the better and better teams each time you win. That's how that worked in that game. So, yes, the Wolves were not real good back in the, the early to mid-90s. So, that's just a fact. Minnesota does win the game 124-121 in a very impressive fashion. The Wolves actually led most of the game, <clears throat> yet it felt like it was highlight after highlight in favor of the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks certainly looked pretty in their loss. One highlight play after another. Even Christian Wood with 24 off the bench. Uh, Luka Doncic had a couple of uh, you know a couple plays where he, where he was able to jump in and get it you know force a turnover. I was kind of surprised. Thought I was watching Stephon Marbury just now, number three with a shaved head out there shooting a three pointer for the Phoenix Suns. That's funny. <laughs> it's obviously not even close, but <laughs> totally different player. But uh, yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, he's better than Stephon Marbury. <laughs> Way better. That's Chris Paul. Yeah, funny, right? And I had to just kind of lose my mind there, getting captured in the past there and forgetting what I'm watching and who I'm watching. <laughs> Jaden McDaniel's an unbelievable game. And obviously, we all know the highlight of the whole night was the final play of the game. But still, unbelievable game for Jaden McDaniels. Uh, obviously, he's the best defender on the team. He gets the tough assignment. Uh, had a little small fun, uh, a little small nice, not a bad, a nice Back and forth with Vincent or Vince Askew. Do you remember him with the uh, Seattle Supersonics back in the day? He was there for many years. Played for other teams. Might look him up here in a second. But, yeah, he was that kind of guy. Um, where maybe, um, well, where, where Jaden McDaniels will hopefully be a, a better overall player. But at the same time, I mean, Vince Askew played a game where he would always go against the toughest uh, offensive player on the team. He would take the toughest assignment. Yep, that's what I thought. He played for the Blazers at the very end, though. Yeah, it was just at the end. He played with the Thunder, huh? Oh, that was the Sonics. Yeah, that was the Sonics. Played with the Warriors, the Sixers, so he was kind of all over the place. But Seattle is where a lot of us remember him the most. The Sean Kemp era. Yep, a, a, a bit of a journeyman. He averaged seven points a game throughout his career. So I can go down memory lane here for a minute. Yeah, the Thunder, my ass. He didn't play for the Thunder. <laughs> The Thunder didn't exist. I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. Like, it's the Sonics, you dummies. Just because it's the Thunder now doesn't mean it's the Thunder back then. Uh, so dumb. Golden State Warriors, yep, so that's where he actually started. He kind of, yeah, he started in 90, I thought he was a little older. But, yeah, he was in Italy, that's why, in the 80s. And he did play for Philadelphia, 87, 88. Golden State Warriors, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento, and then Seattle for about five years there. And he did play against the Bulls in the... In the yeah, that's what I thought. The 96 finals, I remember that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that was his final year there. Then he was with the New Jersey Nets, Indianapolis, no, Indiana Pacers, Denver Nuggets, and Portland Trailblazers, and then went to Venezuela after that at the end of the 90s. At age only 32. But, yeah, he would he would draw the toughest assignment is what the whole point is. And that's kind of like, you know, like Jade McDaniels drawing the toughest assignments defensively. He's, he's that kind of player. Uh, remember how Garnett always did that, but... It doesn't always have to be the, the best overall player on the team having to guard the top defensive player. That did affect Garnett's offense, there's no doubt about it, where he wouldn't have quite the energy maybe to be the guy who could go off for 20 straight points or something in an unbelievable run like a Kyrie Irving could potentially do it on occasion. Maybe Anthony Edwards as he continues to be a bigger and bigger all-star throughout his career. Uh, Mike Conley, wonderful game. Certainly not perfect. Had a turnover or two, which wasn't that bad, but nine assists. 
just a better flow offensively with Mike Conley on the floor than most point guards, I think, in the whole NBA. Like, Conley is like a perfect fit for what we have right now with Rudy Gobert. And, and you'll get that offensive punch back when Carl Anthony Towns returns. But for now, I'm totally fine with what Anthony Edwards does as a, uh, with the offensive punch because I want this to be his team. I want this to be Anthony Edwards' team um, as great as Carl Anthony Towns is. Nobody's complaining. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a luxury, an absolute luxury to have on this team. But at the same time, is it that crazy? Is it that stupid to say it's, this should be Anthony Edwards' team? Honest to God, uh, 12 of 22 from the floor. He only won, well, He was only one of four from downtown, but still, not the worst thing you ever saw. Conley actually attempted, uh, well, six of his shots were actually three-point attempts, and he made half of them. Just an overall kind of a nice 3 and D and a wonderful offensive flow from Mike Conley. He also got five assists from slow-mo, as they call him, as I'm calling him that for the first time in this show, even though everybody's called him that forever. Um, Torian Prince started instead of Kyle Anderson. Interesting uh, matchup situation there. Um, five assists for Torian Prince. So both Prince and Anderson combining for 10 assists in the game. And then you had Conley. That's 19 assists with three players. The adults in the room, as we like to call them. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin. Yeah, his minutes have been kind of limited. It seems like he's probably the kind of guy he's still just kind of getting in the flow again uh, at the end of the day. And Austin Rivers just kind of, again, he's another one of the adults in the room, even though he didn't really act like that adult-like against the Orlando Magic. Even Kyle Anderson's lost it a couple times this year, but Ah, what the hell. Everybody loses it sometimes. <laughs> Sam Mitchell went absolutely berserk on uh, Kevin Willis years ago in the playoffs. But I guess that was him sending a message like, you're not going to push us around anymore. That's basically what that was all about. And uh, he basically said that right afterward. Like, hey, that's the whole point. So, because that guy was a bully. <laughs> Kevin Willis was a bully. Yeah, particularly against the Wolves in that Houston series. Holy crap. Elbowing people in the face. Gee, that's nice. Uh, Rudy Gobert was perfect. 9 of 9 from the floor. 14 rebounds and 21 points and all that. And again, just a great flow. Uh, again, more of a receiver of lob passes from Mike Conley versus, you know, some of those quick uh, bounce passes from D'Angelo Russell. It makes sense because Gobert's kind of more of a long type of player, that type of thing. You, you could see him kind of probably having a tougher time handling some of those... Um, fast-moving bounce passes, you know, like line drives coming his way. When Just the way he's structured, he, he, he is more of a lob type of guy. That's kind of kind of go up and grab, grab the ball midair and dunk it or whatever the heck, mostly dunking. Um, you've certainly seen more dunking from Gobert lately, and I think we're going to see more and more of that with Mike Conley in the mix. So it is kind of ironic. I mean, Conley and Gobert together again in Minnesota, but it makes sense, and it, I, I think this could definitely push the Timberwolves into the postseason and possibly even win a series this year, which is at least, you know, it's, def it's definitely something if the Wolves can win a series. It, it means a lot. Uh, it's much better if we can go all the way and all that, but and you never know in the wide-open Western Conference, but to at least get out of the first round, it's a building block going to the future, especially for guys like Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels, where a lot of people see them as kind of the potential Jordan and, and Pippen long-term for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, or Jaden McDaniels, you know, that's the Scottie Pippen thing, again, where, again, <laughs> again, you draw the toughest assignment. That was Scottie Pippen's role with the Bulls. Um, Rodman helped out in that quite a bit as well uh, during the second three-peat with the Chicago Bulls. Every team wants to have at least one guy like that 
that is, you know, he's he's willing to draw the toughest assignment. And apparently that's Jade McDaniels. Not only like a, a, a want to do it, but the ability to do it. Michael Cooper with the Lakers, you know, uh, in the 1980s. So Detroit had a million of those guys. Detroit, you know, that great Detroit team. Portland, I'm trying to remember who that might have been. But I don't know. They didn't win a championship, unfortunately, but they got to the finals twice and lost, unfortunately, to the, the uh, Bulls and the Pistons. Pistons and Bulls in that order, anyway. Um, but, yep, unfortunately, no Nikhil Alexander-Walker in this game. Yeah, he did get to play against Washington, but just a fun game. Anthony Edwards was dominant, again, attacking the basket and a lot of those mid-range shots as well, those those uh, pull-up, uh, you could say pull-up or, or elbow shots, pull-up jumpers that are kind of from the elbow, plays like that. Um, but Edwards certainly kind of brought the juice in this game with the 32 points. And again, a great a great overall fun flow in the offense. The Timberwolves looked like the better team most of the way, except the fourth quarter, which unfortunately ended up being a similar problem versus Washington uh, in the next game. Yeah, the Wolves did lose 39-24. to Again, a huge run by Kyrie Irving, just kind of blowing up and showing what he can do. Kyrie Irving wound up with 36. Luka Doncic with 30. Didn't get a triple-double in the game, and the Wolves played unbelievable defense on the two players that combined for 69 points in this game. Jade McDonald's and Anthony Edwards shutting down Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving in the final play. That couldn't even get a shot off. They didn't even muster a shot. The clock ran out by the time it, it, it struck zero, and the game was over. Mavericks down by only three. You never know. I mean, three is one possession. That doesn't mean they're going to make the three. But at the same time, they didn't even get a chance to shoot it. Like, usually you can get a three-point shot off, right? Most of the time, you're going to find a way. But Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels' clamp-down defense was, out, was off the charts. Absolutely off the charts. And it ended up being an incredible feeling for every Timberwolves fan on the planet seeing what they saw against, you know, guys that combined for almost 70 points in the same game. I mean, an unbelievable night. And obviously, it's, it's a backcourt that's going to give people nightmares the rest of the season. And who knows? Maybe it'll carry them to a title. You just never know. Maybe the Mavericks will win the title this year. They they got to the West Final last year and, and then got sent home real quick. I guess it's a team that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, if you have a, uh, any type of short-term memory, you'll remember who that was. And now we get to hear from a, a tweet from a certain guy who used to be here. You know, I he was a pretty important player. You know, he was, he was a guy who would draw the defensive assignments once in a while. It's just sometimes. But unfortunately, it did hurt his offense a little bit, which again, that's just one of the reasons why Garnett wasn't, again, like a guy who would take, yeah, I just spoiled it, who would take like, you know, the who, who would score like 15, 20 points in a row or 15 out of 20 points in, a, in the fourth quarter or something. Uh, sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Kevin Garnett, yes, at Kevin Garnett 5KG. It's easiest to Twitter ever, I guess, to, uh, <laughs> to, to remember. Unfortunately, it's five instead of 21. Hopefully that changes someday or whatever. Um, he says, Wolves tightened up the laces on D. Don't, uster, don't underestimate culture shifters. Right. So, yep, probably like Mike Conley versus D'Angelo Russell. You can imagine. And I, I do think things are better. Um, earlier, Kevin Garnett said double alphas, Kyrie and Luca, Best duo in the West. Paul Pierce ain't going for it, though. I'm standing on it. So basically, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, Paul Pierce didn't agree with uh, Garnett's thoughts. Apparently, it's what he's saying. Um... Interesting. Yep, interesting. Uh, but it's nice to have Garnett on Twitter and everything, obviously, and he's been there for a while. But seems like not as long as some of the other uh, big names out there that have been around forever. 103,000.1 followers.
followers and he's following only 135 but usually that's how it is it's slightly slightly one-sided usually <laughs> can't imagine why right <laughs> uh, anyhow but definitely a highlight night a highlight night for minnesota Timberwolves fans and everybody that would celebrate this team and feel like a million bucks afterwards it just sucks they followed up with a game like freaking Washington Wizards. And the game where the Wolves led 30 to 20, 32, 30 to 20, 30 to 10, 32 to 12. But then the, the uh, Washington Wizards started kind of inching back, inching back. The first quarter was 36 to 21. The Wizards inched back, inched back in the second quarter. The Wolves kind of, again, showed some promise into the third. Believe it or not, the Wolves actually came out of the third ahead and feeling good about themselves. And then the fourth, it's almost like we just kind of stopped playing. It was weird. It, it, it was kind of, it felt kind of subtle, but then all of a sudden it's like, see, because it wasn't as obvious the way, like, say, Memphis just kind of flew by the Wolves over and over and over again, like no defense. But then again, it kind of kept, it, it kind of became that way as the game progressed. It was like, seriously, is anybody even watching? Is anybody even watching? Like, why are guys able to cherry pick their way to the basket? Why are, <laughs> and, and, and why are the Mavericks, like, or Mavericks, why are the Wizards forcing turnover after turnover? Can't we be a little bit more, like, I don't know, can we play with a little more, like, care with the ball a little bit? Anthony Edwards had six turnovers in the game. Again, 34 points. Incredible game offensively, but the, the turnovers are brutal. The turnovers are brutal in this game. Um, Mike Conley didn't have a single turnover in the game. Uh, who was the guy that, oh yeah, Jalen Noel, he only had one, but it was a brutal one, a brutal turnover, I was like, what was he throwing the ball to, that was really strange, um, it was like, he was trying to get the ball back to Conley, and I was like, what, what was that, like, that was weird, uh, I imagine Conley throwing his hands up, but I think Conley's more of the calmer type of guy, maybe behind the scenes, it's like, can you, yeah, you might want to, might want to time that a little better, you might want to, like, pay attention to the situation here, you got a guy who could literally just, uh, who can literally just like, like like in the NFL, basically, um, j- jump jump that route, as they say in the NFL, and then off they go. Luckily, it's not six points; it's only two. But still, still, it's a crappy turnover. And what if that was the end of the game? Um, just an just an utter collapse, and it was stupid. It was like a stock, like say, if it's the Wolves' stock, obviously, like something some terrible news came out, and the stock just collapsed at the end after doing okay most of the way. The Wolves were winning the whole game, despite some runs by the Wizards. The Wolves, and they're weird uniforms, by the way. Weird. They're, they're okay, but they're weird. <laughs> they're just odd. Um, and in the Wizards' case, it's like, holy crap, you know, the greatest news ever, and the stock goes, woo, at the last minute. And that's pretty much what happened when you look at the win probability on Yahoo Sports. Jane McDaniels made half his shots. Again, played an overall good game, but again, the turnovers in this one, not pretty. 18 turnovers, it felt like 35. It felt bad. And, ah, you know, just, just the, that fourth quarter was awful. And, the, you know, the Wolves were outplaying this team the whole game. It was a team that could, you, you could beat easily. And then all of a sudden, our, our offense went down the crapper, mostly because of the turnovers that just affected us. Again, it looked like what was going to be a smooth, comfortable win at home, by the way. Uh, ended up being a, well... Nice win for the Washington Wizards and a crappy game for the Wolves overall. <sighs> Conley didn't make any of his shots. He missed an easy layup, but at least Rudy Gobert cleaned that up and wound up with uh, he wound up with seven offensive rebounds, actually. Gobert's been playing really, really, really well lately, and he deserves a ton of credit. Anthony Edwards, obviously, is playing like the all-star he is. Anthony Edwards is an all-star. 
uh, a legitimate one. He's not just a replacement. He's a legitimate all-star. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was able to get a layup in the game. I, <laughs> I believe that was the second quarter. Uh, I was like, who's that number? Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> I was like, number nine? Who's that again? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who, again, once upon a time was projected to go to the Timberwolves with the 11th pick when the Wolves uh, ended up trading up to take Jared Culver, who, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. Jared Culver. Jared Culver. Should I go into some miniature thing here? Let's go. Let's, 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 let's travel around real quick. So he is with the Atlanta Hawks this year. He's played in 10 games. 10. That's who I thought. Yeah, it was Atlanta. It's unfortunate. It really is. Played in 10 games, four and a half points a game. Field goal percentage is, uh, Wonderful, 39.5. It's ahead of last year with Memphis. All right, all right. Yeah, well, his two-point shots are 50%. Three-point percentage is eight. His three-point percentage is eight. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that great? Eight percent? Yeah. All right, Jared. Um, yeah, I remember Patrick Royce. Patrick Royce, when he was watching... Uh, Jared Culver's struggle in that was a Texas Tech uh, NCAA championship game that was here locally at the time. And he's like, ah, watch the Wolves. They're going to take this. They're going to take this guy, aren't they? Watch. Just watch. They're going to take him. And he ended up being right. He's like, that'll be just like the Wolves. Take a guy you can't shoot. <laughs> I like Patrick Rice's little Timberwolves rants at times. I don't know, or even rants about the NBA at times. It's, you know, He likes the NBA just fine, obviously. It's not just, he's not just too good for the NBA necessarily. And I sure the heck I'm not, even though I've had issues forever, forever. Uh, but it's the good old days when you watch, look at those Phoenix Suns jerseys, that beautiful purple color. Um, that that kind of keep me around, you know, hoping and wishing that <laughs> there'd be a little bit of a, a classic vibe to the NBA. And uh, occasionally there is. Occasionally. Sometimes during All-Star Weekend you get that feeling. Sometimes. Other times it's like, it turns into some political rant or just it's just dumb and stupid. I don't know. It's not the best thing you ever saw. But I remember one year they opened up like going after Laura Ingram like three seconds into the broadcast. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, if you're going to talk politics, I am done. I just want to watch a little bit of basketball. It's We've had enough of the politics and the fighting with each other. Can we just watch basketball? That's not too much to ask. You want to block me on Twitter? You want to you want to disable my account for three years because I don't want to hear politics? Screw you, you know. So stuff like that. Um, back to the Wizards game again. I think I've made my point. It was an utter unfortunate collapse, even though there were so many good moments in the game. It's just a damn shame the way this team just literally stopped playing in the fourth quarter. It was stupid, and we still had a chance to win, and we didn't. They still had a chance to win. They only lost by four. We were right in it. Still had a chance to win. Well, we were we only lost by four. We lost by eight. We lost by eight. We were down by four very late and then just kind of let it go. Um, we were in it for quite a while, but um, only lost by four. <laughs> I'm losing it. Yep, I keep moving my eyes around a little too fast here. But no, we lost by eight, but still had a chance to win this game. And just the way things kind of just collapsed in the last minutes, it was just stupid. It was stupid and super unfortunate. <sighs> Gobert get another good game, but again, he shouldn't have been on the floor late. The way the Wizards were attacking and kind of, you know, they were drawing him out, and it wasn't helping. It, there's just no reason for Gobert to be having to go out to guard Przingis. It, it didn't make any sense. So this was one of the uh, not-so-great, not, you know, you could say 
as much as I love Chris Finch, and he's my favorite guy. He's pretty much my favorite Wolves coach since Flip. He'd, he'd, he'd have to be. Um, and Porzingis wasn't even good in the game. That's what's annoying. It was just stupid. Um, he wasn't even good in the game. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, leaving Gobert out there down the stretch when it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't the time to have him on the floor. It certainly didn't help the Wolves' cause at the end of the day. I, who am I to question Chris Finch? But, you know, and I love having big men on the floor often, but sometimes it's just not the right matchup. Uh, the Wizards certainly tightened their bench in a lot of ways. Only nine players played in the game, but it was a well-coached game by the Washington Wizards. It's that simple. They they they, they had a good day. <laughs> give them credit. Yeah, fine, I give them credit, but I'm, I'm, I'm more upset at the Wolves than I'm proud of what the Wizards were able to accomplish because... You don't collapse like that, especially at home. These are games like when I was a season ticket holder that I would, and it, it was against the Washington Wizards. <laughs> there was a game where I, it was kind of similar. It was a crappy Wizards team, crappy. And just down the stretch, the Wolves, the way the Wolves blew it, the way they blew it, and the decision-making and all that, I ended up shredding the ticket in my hand and throwing it over the balcony. Now, I could have gotten in trouble for that because that's, you know, that's a no-no. But I did it anyway because I was furious. And... <laughs> <laughs> I shredded the ticket in my hands and threw it over the balcony. Yeah, yep, I was furious. Because uh, in a game like this, this is exactly like that. When you're a season ticket holder and you're paying, you know, way back in the day, five, you know, I think there was a really nice deal because it was the the lockout. That's when I started becoming a ticket holder. That 1998-99 lockout. I think I got Wolves tickets for the season for like 400 bucks. That's like the deal of the century. But, you know, now it's thousands of dollars, even in the upper deck. Um, cause that was the bottom of the upper deck. And, you know, most people would say the sides, like the sides, so to speak, are the, the, uh, those are the more expensive tickets, but having it on the, like the, the East West versus the, or excuse me, the, the North South versus the East West per se, like the thinner part, that's better because you learn more about basketball. It seems like, you know, you, you, you learn more, you can see plays develop a little better that way. It's almost like being on the court in a sense. So I cherish having that seat for four years. Um, but games like that make you want your money back. You, you just want your money back when a team kind of just tanks on you, basically, out there. Not intentionally, but just they just did. They just did tank, and that's how it is. So there's my little rant, I guess you could say, and the fact that there's no... Um, the fact that there's no games to preview, we'll do the previewing next week. It'll be kind of a similar situation. Hopefully Anthony Edwards has an awesome, awesome All-Star weekend. And I uh, hope he gets MVP. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? The odds of that are very slim because usually the young guys get frozen out of the offense. Oftentimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, before I take a break and go to fan interaction, we can look around the league a teeny tiny bit. Just like me and Marcus used to do back in the day. How is Marcus doing? I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew. So, which, again, that's just uh, giving you that, that update. I, I wish I knew. I, <laughs> some people just don't talk to you sometimes. People just don't talk to you anymore sometimes. That's how it is. Uh, Boston's still at first place in the East. Milwaukee's won 12 in a row. Milwaukee has won 12 games in a row. They're a half game behind Boston. That's how good Boston's been this year, to think that Milwaukee's won 12 games in a row, and they're still a half game behind. The Celtics. Cleveland's uh, still fourth in the West. East, pardon me. Philadelphia is up to third, which is good for them, I suppose. The Bucks have been better ever since they kind of started moving things around. They're fifth. New York Knicks are sixth. Good for them. Miami Heat, Atlanta, Washington, and Toronto are all battling in that play-in area. They're in the, they're in the play-in 
bracket, so to speak. That 7, 8, 9, 10 deal. Toronto's 10th. Chicago's kind of hanging around, but they've lost six in a row. Indiana, I don't know why they're they're disappointing every year. What the heck? Because they're so much. They they always have talented players, even though you, you sometimes you forget who's there because they trade all the time. Um, obviously, uh, um, Sabonis is long gone with the Sacramento Kings, but yep, Chicago would be eleven. Indiana twelve. Orlando thirteen. Charlotte fourteen. And Detroit riding the pine with the fifteenth seed, so to speak, the last place seed in the Eastern Conference. They are the least of the least, so to speak. Of course, Houston and San Antonio. San Antonio actually sucks now. They've lost 14 in a row. San Antonio has lost 14 in a row. Ooh, the Texas two-step. San Antonio and Houston. Remember those days, how tough that was? San Antonio and Houston, that was a tough road trip. Now it's like, you lose those games, you suck. What are you doing? That type of thing. Denver is the number one team in the West, which I'll take that any day over the frickin' Northern California team. Any day of the week. Even though I don't even like Denver. I don't. <laughs> 41 and, and 18. They're almost at 700 now. We may have a very unique NBA Finals this year. And you know what? It's about bleeping time. Instead of like the like the Lakers. The, the you know, the Lakers. The Warriors. The, the, Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was there. You know, stuff like that. Every couple of years it's the same, same couple teams. And the Heat for a while. Even though I like them. But still, they, they became kind of a regular. Um... Boston's an old, old school regular, but they've been away for so long. Uh, outside of the Garnett era, they, you're talking like the late 80s was the last time they went to the NBA Finals. The mid to late 80s, 87, and they lost. Um, Memphis is number two. Sacramento is number three. But they, you know, they've been okay. They've been playing 500 ball. Memphis is four and six, believe it or not, despite jumping all over us. The Clippers, surprisingly, the Clippers are finally kind of coming out of the doldrums of he double hockey sticks or purgatory or whatever um, <laughs> of, of the NBA. They're starting to step it up now. And Kawhi Leonard is certainly playing a hell of a lot better. He's been averaging 28 points a game the past few games here. So it's about time. It's about time Kawhi Leonard kind of woke up again, kind of starting to come back to what he was. Uh, they're beating the Phoenix Suns right now on the TV. This is a replay, of course. No Kevin Durant. Phoenix Suns are behind them with the same record almost. They're a half game behind. Phoenix Suns, when Kevin Durant emerges healthy, watch out. That's probably the best team in the West, probably. But but you never know. Maybe not. Dallas is right. Uh, Dallas is a game behind New Orleans and Minnesota. That's us, of course. We're tied. At uh, we're eleven games behind the Denver Nuggets for the number one seed. <laughs> we are the seventh seed at the moment. Losing to the Wizards is not how you get the job done. It's just not acceptable and it's stupid. I can't believe we lost to the Wizards. So we're the 8th seed, excuse me. We're the 8th seed. Warriors would be ninth. We'd be playing well, the Warriors in a play-in game. Mm, uh, okay. Oklahoma City somehow, someway, would be in the play-in right now. 28-29. They've been a nice little nice little cute surprise this year. Portland is out. Uh, what would they be? The 11th. Utah now, as, as good as they were for a while there, are the 12th seed now. Weird. But Walker Kessler still looks like an awesome prospect for many years. Lakers are 13th. Ugh. And then you get into the doldrums of H-E double hockey sticks in the NBA. San Antonio and Houston. San Antonio and Houston. The Texas two-step are the are two-bit garbage right now. No, okay, sorry. I don't know which accent I'm even using. It was like Texas mixed with Australian right now. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. I think Vince will like that one. Vince Germano. 
<sighs> Today you probably was like, okay, that's nice. No. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to look around. I mean, I don't know what the hell. You know, it's it's interesting. It's it's what it is. It's All Star Weekend. How do I feel about All Star games? Not the way I used to feel about them. I used to think they were one of the funnest things of the year back in the day, like back in the '90s, the '80s, the '90s. You know, yeah. You know, Patrick Ewing, you know, those those long, long games that, you know, the 138 to 136. But, you know, obviously you're still going to get high scoring. But those games, it looked like those players really wanted to win those games. Uh, they made some interesting adjustments last year, actually, and it's, it's promising. The NBA All-Star game is better than the NHL one, and I'm a pretty big hockey fan. I'm not ashamed to say I like hockey, too. But the NBA has, uh, the NBA has improved. That's the one thing the NHL has never really been good at is the All-Star game because the problem is the way hockey's structured is goalies are basically hung out to dry. And I can't, you know, and oftentimes a, a goaltender is going to come back from the All-Star game not playing very well because they've, they're facing a firing squad. No defense and all the best players in the world shooting pucks at you nonstop. That's not good for a goaltender. So in the NBA, you don't have to, you don't have that problem where you have a goalie basically being hung out to dry. So there's always that. But you're seeing a little better effort now in these All-Star games, and it's set up more interestingly, too. So that's the positive positive of it all. Bottom line, go Anthony Edwards. (laughs) Not necessarily screw everyone else, but uh, go Anthony Edwards. I'm much more interested in how he does versus any of the other players out there. As long as nobody gets hurt, that's what's important. Enjoy the weekend. Don't get injured. Even even like a little tweak, you're hoping that doesn't happen at the end of the day. Uh, looks like Bones Hyman got hit in the face somehow. I don't know what happened there in the eye or something, but he's okay. That's good. Wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been the worst guy to have in the Wolves uh, system right now in the Wolves rotation long term, but um, didn't happen. Since so he's with the Clippers instead, and well, we'll see. Babbly babbly, right? That's Joey Lone Wolf Award. Anthony Edwards. The Johnny Flynn Memorial is Mike Con. No, it's not. It's not Mike Conley. I don't know if it's really an individual player. It's just the way the Wolves kind of, I don't know, terrible defense down the stretch in these games. It was ridiculous, quite frankly. Um, is there an individual player that it's like really let us down this week? I mean, Jalen Noel had 21 points off the bench in one of the games, but overall he's been a bit of a mess. So he's kind of like an honorable mention. Where sometimes it's like empty stats. Like, yeah, he had 21 points in a game we got whooped by. In a game we got whooped in with uh, Memphis. So... Uh, Rudy Gobert, definitely an honorable mention for the um, uh, Lone Wolf. And Jaden McDaniels deserves recognition as well. With that, we'll take a quick break and let's get to fan interaction and hear from Tanae and others, I believe. here on Timberwolves Explosion. Before we get into fan interaction, let's get to uh, DraftKings and all that. I probably should have did this a little earlier, but it's a weird show, so I apologize uh, to DraftKings and to um, the Basketball Podcast Network. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Every day. Cool. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Pretty cool. So, same-game parlay could be, again, Anthony Edwards getting his uh, 10 points, but also getting uh, 10 points. Yeah, 10 points. Getting 30 points, and maybe uh, maybe he gets a, maybe he gets 10 rebounds. Or how about Rudy Gobert going out there and <laughs> Rudy Gobert. I, I wouldn't mind doing a same-game parlay with Rudy Gobert going out there like the Wolves win and Rudy Gobert gets a double-double. That's probably an easy bet, honestly, um, even if it's a tough matchup. But I guess the Hornets, hopefully the Wolves can actually get a win coming up. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. That's the Basketball Podcast Network. TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPM, TBPN. Sorry. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. For details, as Rudy Gobert might say. So thank you always there. Tanay Brown, Tanay Wilson Brown, and others at T Wolves EX, at T Wolves Yep, and Levi. I don't know if he's just, uh, maybe he's just liking the tweets. I mean, that's totally fine. Um. I'm going to backtrack? No. I'm not, yeah, I guess I don't need to backtrack. Yeah, 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 yeah it's all there in the correct place, the correct order. Levi Brown, Tanae Brown, Vince Germano, and the Basketball Podcast Network all retweeted the most recent episode. Levi and Tanae are from New Zealand. Vince Germano is from Melbourne, Australia, and we really miss that courtside podcast. They're still in hiatus. Hopefully they come back soon. I know things are busy. Who knows? I might end up jumping in a hiatus at some point because, uh, I, if 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 I get a certain job, my schedule is going to change. So it'll, I'll go from second to first shift. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and I will hopefully try to transfer back to second with that better job. Uh, that's best case scenario. I'll try to transfer back at some point. But those type of things usually don't happen overnight. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I still have to do the interview for the job. And wish me the best, I guess, I, I should say. Um, just, again, talking about hiatuses there. Hiatus has happened for a reason, so I can understand uh, Vince Germano there. I'm not sure it'd even be a hiatus, though, but we'll see. I'm babbling my head off here, and I apologize. Uh, Tanae Brown said, what was I saying? Nope. Tanae Brown says, out of New Zealand, rated five stars on Spotify. Any Wolves fans that follow me, please be hurry up. That follows me, be sure to give this one a listen. Joey's one of the best when it comes to Minnesota sports. Uh, Timberwolves Explosion is my personal favorite of his shows, and thank you so much, Tanae. That is the awesomest thing. You know, I really appreciate what you said there, and it's, you know, it means a lot to me, and I appreciate the five stars really very much so. Why was it? looked like there's a response. Where is it? That's interesting. It shows response. Where, where'd it go? Maybe I have to actually click in the right spot here. What the heck? I thought I... That's really strange. I thought I replied to him. That's really weird. I don't know what happened. So, I apologize. And again, just thank you so much, Tanae. That is awesome of you. Um, Tanae continues, says, Can't watch Grizzlies games. The whistles they get are, yes, are just outrageous compared to anything the Wolves see. Jaw gets everything. Ant gets nothing. Had this one turned off midway through the third. Yeah, that was an awful game. And the defense was pathetic, too. It really was. Um, and he continues saying, Was no good for my blood pressure. Ha ha. Yeah, and I, I agree. That was an obnoxious game. Why didn't I respond? 
I swear I responded to this. I did, right? There it is. Okay, I was like, you've got that right. My goodness, it's irritating beyond belief. Ja is one of the cockiest SOPs I've ever seen. And to think I didn't notice it the first two years or so. Yeah, and I don't know. It was an obnoxious game. The defense was pathetic. And like you said, yeah, I mean, every it felt like every call goes their way. And it's like the way they play, attacking the basket. Oftentimes, oftentimes when you're, you know, you, you get a reputation and all that, and our, our team sometimes, our team just seems to never be able to get the, the positive reputation with the refs, which is really annoying. Um, today says, also, also, was kind of happy when Edwards didn't make the All-Star game. Congratulations to him now. He definitely deserves to be there. Just would have been good to see him get a bit the rest of the, the all, yeah, get get uh, get a bit of rest over the All-Star weekend. He must be beat up with his minutes. Yeah, yep, that's for sure. And I remember how sometimes he's like his knees get tired and such. Um, Tanae was saying, and the lead is won. Just like that, Finch got to do a better job calling the timeout when everything looks out of sync. Yep, that was in the Dallas game. Everything was changing so quickly, and it was scary. It felt like the Wolves were going to lose that game. Um, how did that? Yeah, we were talking about Jaw. Yep. Uh, Zenith Inaz, I think that's how you say it. Zenith Inaz says exactly. At some point, Jaw was my favorite non-wolf. Now, oh my God, what a tool. Yeah, because I used to love him too. I, he was my favorite non-wolf for a while. And then it's like, ah, I don't like him now. <laughs> yep, so I agree with you there for sure. Ah, uh, yep, we follow each other. I just wanted to make sure we did. I thought so. Yep, good take there. What was I saying? I responded to him saying, yeah, I can't stand the guy. He's way over the top. Yep, with the attitude and all that. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. Today he said, get Noel out of the game. Finch, Finch got to get on him early before... He gives away the, this entire league. Such a sloppy start to the second quarter. Yep, that was on again the, the 13th. Yep. That was that Maverick game. Lakers Carpool Podcast follows. I believe they're, yep, they're with the Basketball Podcast Network. Cool, nice to meet you. Lakers Carpool Podcast. That could be a recommendation for uh, Vince Germano right there, for sure. Vince Germano, Stu Benson, Lakers Carpool Podcast, the Basketball Podcast Network. And yeah, no, I think that's it. Yep, a couple more here. Good. Uh, Tanae says, I think he's another Shabazz Muhammad. Yep, we were talking about uh, Jalen Noel still. Uh, I was saying he's become another Malik Beasley. Super duper up and down. Hopefully he can grow out of it. And then Tanae says, I think he's another Shabazz Muhammad, which is definitely worse. <laughs> definitely worse. And I was saying all, all offense, all offense, and even that isn't good. The main difference is how high Shabazz was drafted versus Noel in the second round. Yep. That's the main difference, yeah. How, like, Shabazz, you know, we, we kind of forced ourselves into expectations with him. And then to consider who was taken right around that same area breaks our hearts like you wouldn't believe. Considering who we could have taken instead of Shabazz bleeping Muhammad in the same draft. It would have been a weird pick at the time, but it would have been legendary. It would have been legendary. Like, ah, oh. That guy, of course, just in case you're wondering, was the Greek freak himself. Yes, that guy. Breaks my heart every day I think about it. Yep, He's another one of those worthless draft picks that could have been if uh, we could have had a phenom at, at the same spot. It's just, it hurts. Janae Brown says, absolutely pathetic, embarrassing, and inexcusable loss to the Wazers. The way we just, yeah, just awful. I was saying we were we were killing them and completely collapsed. It's driving me nuts. The Turtles are becoming like Captain Blow Lead. You know how there's Captain Comeback? 
like Captain Comeback, the Comeback Kid, you know, like Joe Montana, Tom Brady's amazing comeback against the Atlanta Falcons and such. And then you have the Wolves that are like Captain Below Lead, like we're, we're blowing the lead, we're the captain of it. Uh, with the way we did it so many times against the Memphis Grizzlies, and we're still doing it this year, which is disgusting. And against the Wizards, the Wizards, I don't know. There's some good players on the Wizards, but they're not good right now. So that was kind of dumb. Um, frustrating beyond human belief. With that said, thank you so much for the interaction, uh, Tanae. Uh, love hearing from you. Nice to meet uh, Z- uh, Zanathi, uh, Zanathi Naz. I believe that's how you say it. Or Zanathi Wolf is the actual uh, Twitter account. So nice to meet you. I believe that might be the first or second time we've tweeted back and forth. Uh, really appreciate hearing from you. And today, obviously, coming in out of New Zealand, Levi Brown uh, liking and retweeting and uh, uh, tweets and such. Vince Romano doing the same. Really love hearing from you. Uh, again, hope to hear from the uh, the Courtside Podcast again. would love to see you on there. <laughs> on the air again would be awesome. And don't be afraid to download and listen to those shows. Even still, obviously, there's there's a pretty big library there. You can listen back to any episode and have some fun there. For like a say, like a sneak preview of what you could be uh, enjoying in the not too distant future when they do come back out of hiatus. Again, we'll we'll see if there's a hiatus at some point. Who knows? I mean, who knows if they even hire me for that position? We'll see. I mean, it's we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I'm not going in that cocky. Like, oh, I got this in the bag. Well, I I hope so. <laughs> so that's kind of how that goes. Uh, wishing all of you again a wonderful week. Enjoy the All-Star Weekend or enjoy the break from basketball, I guess. Maybe watch hockey or something or get outside or whatever the heck you do. Other than that, take care, and we will talk to you next week regardless.